This is December 12th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, and we are joined now by the man between the glass for the NHL and NBC, and of course he does work with TSN as well, and that is Pierre McGuire. Pierre, how are you doing today? Very well, Jimmy. Nice to chat with you. Good to have you on, and I hope uh, your Thanksgiving was well, and I hope the holidays are treating you well. I know it's a busy time. Uh, lots of hockey, lots of family stuff going on, but let's get right into some Bruins stuff here, Pierre. And, you know, I heard you on with our good friend uh, Mitch Melnick yesterday, and you were talking about kind of the the ebb and flow of uh, the fans and media here in Boston when it comes to the Bruins. A, a week ago, they're ready to hang them, and uh, now after two wins over the weekend, uh, a really big one over uh, – Toronto, uh, where they really took it to the Maple Leafs again in TD Garden. We'll get to that in a bit. You know, people are ready to uh, crown them a cup contender again. But looking at the big picture of this team right now and, and trying to sort of give a more even-keel approach to to the fans here and some of the media, uh, why should people be a little more calm about this team and a little more confident than maybe they are at times? Well, because they're a work in progress, number one. Number two, with the key injuries they've had, especially to Chara, McAvoy, who's back now, Bergeron, um, they'll get those players back and they'll be fine. I think the off-season addition of Yarrow Halak has been very good in terms of helping to stabilize the goaltending position. Uh, Tuka Rask has had some really good moments this year, not so good moments this year. So they're still waiting for him to be the more consistent Tuka. But why I would be... Uh, positive about this group is the development of some of their young players who will continue to evolve. Um, Ryan Donato still finding his way, especially in his own zone, but offensively he's getting chances. Uh, when healthy, Louis DeBrusque has been very good. I think they're waiting for more of a consistent Anders Bjork. Uh, and the, to me, the biggest thing is that Danton Heinen has taken advantage of his opportunity. Um, you know, Pasternak and Marshan are still world-class players. I think, especially when you look at the development of Grizzlick on the back end, you got another positive thing in a young player, Brandon Carlo. There's a lot to like about this group. Um, and, you know, last week I was in Boston and I, I was hearing people just shred the team. And, yeah, you know what? They didn't have the best draft in Donnie's first draft in the first round. Um, there were some players that they missed on. There were players that they chose not to take. But if you look at the whole body of work, it's been really solid for the Bruins, I think. You know, you bring up uh, how they're shredding in there. And one thing that they've been really getting shredded on here, here, and I agree to them. I agree with those people doing that to an extent, but at the same time, I, I want them to provide a solution too. And I just don't think it's theirs. They want more team toughness and specifically up front. They look at those forwards. I had a good conversation with Cam Neely recently. I just did a story about it. You know, and he recognized, hey, look, uh, we have a bunch of small, skilled forwards up front. But he said, that's what every NHL team has now. That's the way the NHL is going. You, first and foremost, you have to have speed. If you can find that guy that is also tough like a Tom Wilson, then great. But those guys are hard to find. And, and Bruins fans right now seem to think that we can just throw back to the days when Neely was, you know, skating up and down the wing and, and barreling over people. And I don't know. I mean, is is there any other guy out there than Tom Wilson that they could target to try and bring in? Well, Ryan Reeves would be a good guy, but Vegas isn't giving him up. Yeah. I like the fact that they added Wagner in the offseason. I think Chris Wagner's done some good things there in terms of toughness. Uh, Sean Crowley the other night dropped the mitts with Ben Harper. Um, 
But I can tell you, I know the Bruins scouts extremely well. And one of the premier things they look for is character uh, in terms of physical play and ability to play along the boards. And they're, they're really good at their jobs. The Bruins amateur scouts are tremendous. And uh, I, I would say that going forward, this is a team that's going to be in a really good position. Um, I know people are looking at Toronto and saying long-term they're going to be great. And people are looking at Buffalo saying long-term they're going to be great. And Tampa Bay obviously is trending in the right direction. But I, I think Boston's got a wealth of riches that uh, is not being identified enough, nearly enough. You, you look at, there's a story, uh, there was a story right before I wrote this, Pierre, from Michael Russo in Minnesota saying that Charlie Coyle's been on the trade block and, and that, you know, they're listening to offers on him. They're willing to maybe deal him for the right deal there. Is that a guy that would fit with these fans like? Well, Charlie Coyle's a tremendous talent. Uh, he can play center or wing. He's a big body. He can really skate. Uh, he's not going to identify or take care of that thing that fans are concerned about in terms of the toughness. But Charlie Coyle can do a lot of good things. <clears throat> he's been inconsistent like a lot of players in Minnesota have been this year. Charlie Coyle is a very useful player. I don't know what the price point would be to get him, but if you could get him, it would be a good acquisition. Yeah, I think so too. You mentioned Toronto, you know, and everybody's looking at them, already crowning them champions at some times. But I, I, I tell you, Pierre, I mean, if they have to come through Boston in the playoffs, I don't know if they're making it out of that round. Well, you never know. A lot of it comes down to who's healthier at the right time, uh, who gets the right save. So I know it, it's great to say uh, Boston's got their number, but all it takes is one explosion from Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews or uh, John Tavares, and, and things change. So you, I wouldn't put too much on what's going on in the regular season except to take confidence out of it. But to say that you know one team's ahead of the other at this point would be, a, I think, a reach. But I would say this. Last year's seven-game uh, win by the Bruins, I think, gave them – a ton of confidence, and they would not be intimidated by playing Toronto. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you were saying about exercising patience and, and the overall body of work that Don Sweeney's done. And a few weeks back, uh, the Flyers fire Ron Hextall. And, and look, everyone can have their own opinion on this. I'm going to give you mine right now. I think it was a colossal mistake, and they're going to end up paying for it later on. Because if you look at the, the body of work that he's done and some of the young players that he's brought into the system and was developing – and I, I think in some cases they're knocking on the door. It, you know, they got to be a little more patient there. And I think the Bruins, if you know, if Jeremy Jacobs is seen, I hope he takes a little lesson there and learns that you know it's not always about the immediate; it's about the future too. And and if you wait a little longer, you'll probably end up making more money because you'll have a good team for a long time. Am I off here? Well, no, I'm more on your team. Uh, I'm a big fan of what they've done. Um, in Philadelphia, I'm not a fan of them firing Ron Hextall. I can tell you that. Uh, Ronnie's a tremendous manager. He did a tr awesome job there cleaning a mess up that he inherited yeah. from the previous general manager. Um, and so I, you know, again, everybody's got a rhyme and reason for what they do. Not everything's fair in the NHL, but I would tell you this: uh, Ron Hextall is a very, very good general manager, and he has helped rebuild the Flyer footprint. Um, but again, it takes time to, he clean, he had to clean up a big mess there. Yeah. It was, it was trending poorly and a lot of it was salary cap related, much like, by the way, what Donnie Sweeney's had to do, uh, in Boston. You know, Pierre, you, you've interviewed for some GM jobs and I, I talked to another person that's interviewed for some as well yesterday. 
and we were just talking about this specific matter here. And he said, look, if I go in for a job and I tell you that I'm going to come in and I'm going to turn this around and you're going to be knocking on uh, the Stanley Cup's door in, in a year, I'm full of shit. And basically that's what he said. He said, look, I'm, nobody's doing that in today's NHL with the salary cap. It takes time. You need to be patient. You need to develop. And I just don't understand why somehow the media doesn't always grasp that here. Well, no, but again, the media doesn't get paid to evaluate players or build teams. They get paid to have an opinion. And so that's their opinion. And it's more times than not, their opinion is not always right. Um, just because they've never gone through the building process of putting a team together. It takes a lot of components and it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of smarts and it takes a lot of luck. A lot of times you can create that luck by being smart with your amateur picks, right. but, but more times than not, more times than not, um, you know, teams need to be patient with the cap in the old days when there was no cap, you could get things turned around real quick. Right. You can't do that anymore. You just can't. Plus we have an expansion draft coming up. We just had an expansion draft. So there's a lot of things that go into this. So, you know, it's not just a simple equation. It's a very calculated problem and not an easy one to fix. Final question for you, Pierre. And uh, I think another thing that you probably notice being in and around Boston sometimes, I know you're up here for your son's games, is uh, Tuka Rask is a lightning rod of controversy here. Yep. For some reason, he just, to me, he's become – the Rodney Dangerfield of the sports landscape here in Boston. What is it? I mean, why, why can't people see what people around the NHL see when it comes to Tuka Rask? Well, just because they expect more consistency from him. And if there's one knock on Tuka, it's that he has not been nearly consistent enough. Well, he can't um, but again, he I'm has, sorry? I said he has a horrible October every year, and that doesn't help. Yeah. No, it does. when you don't come out of the gate well, that's a problem. And then he finds a way to reel it in. But I've known Tuca since 2006 when he was goalie of the year at the Vancouver World Junior. Um, and he was property of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was an amazing trade uh, for them to get Tuca Rask away from the Toronto Maple Leafs at the time. But I, I've always been a fan of the player and I've always been a fan of the person. I, I think the biggest thing that he needs to do is just be more consistent. And I, I believe me, he's working at it. That I know. Is that just, is that just a mental block where it gets into his head every season where, it, you know, he knows that he struggled in that month and out of the gate or is it, is that what it's about? You think? And there's some guys that are just traditional slow starters and there are other guys that just are great starters and bad finishers. So, and there's some guys that are just all really, really consistent. So every guy's different. There's not one size fits all, Jimmy. But I, I would just say this about Tuca. This is a really good opportunity for him to uh, quiet some of the doubters. And if he can do that, that would be tremendous, especially overcoming the injuries uh, that Boston has had to deal with this year. And I think one thing, Jimmy, that doesn't get mentioned enough, when you go through these kinds of injury situations to key players, it helps a lot of other players. And I'll use Colby Cave as an example, uh, develop and and get NHL minutes and live fire exercise and become really important parts of your fabric going forward. So while it, it's painful during the course of the year, it does help long-term that some players are getting opportunities to play. So in, uh, in summing it up there, you'd agree with me it would be a mistake to trade to Karras because they think Yara Halak could just start every game here, and I, I disagree. Well, okay. Well, if you're trading him, who are you getting back? Exactly. Nobody can ever answer that, Pierre. 
That's the big thing. I don't. That, that's that's the big. It's it's like, for instance, in Montreal, they're going through a thing with Jesperi Kokaniemi, mm-hmm. and do you keep him or do you send him to the World Junior? And so the responsible management question is: you bring everybody in that's involved in your hockey operation. Say, is he the difference between us making the playoffs or not? And if the answer is yeah, he's a difference maker, you keep him. And if the answer is no, he's not, then you send him to the World Junior. But you got to get everybody talking about these things. It's the same thing when you're going to trade a player like Tukarask. If if you are, okay, we're going to trade him. Who do we have that's better? And if we do trade him, who are we going to get? Yeah, that's the question nobody seems to have an answer for. But listen, Pierre, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Happy holidays, my friend. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Take care. Good luck with the show. All right, that's Pierre McGuire joining me here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. I'm Jimmy Murphy. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) We'll be right back.